fourth Sunday after Trinity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, grant that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Genesis, the 50th chapter. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Atone for our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Help us, O God of our salvation. For the glory of your name, deliver us. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the eighth chapter. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. O God, my faithful God, True fountains ever flowing, Without whom nothing is, All perfect gifts bestowing, Give me a healthy frame, And may I have within A conscience free from blame, a soul unstained by sin. Grant me the strength to do with ready heart and willing whatever you command, my calling here fulfilling, that I do what I should while trusting you to bless the outcome for my good, 
for you must give success. Keep me from saying words that later need recalling. Guard me lest idle speech may from my lips be falling. But when within my place I must stand out to speak, then to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. Lord, let me win my foes with kindly words and actions, and let me find good friends for counsel and correction. Help me as you have taught to love both great and small, and by your Spirit's might to live in peace with all. Let me depart this life, confiding in my Saviour. By grace receive my soul, that it may live forever, and let my body have a quiet resting place within a Christian grave, and let it sleep in peace. And on that final day, when all the dead are waking, stretch out your mighty hand, my deathly slumber breaking. Then let me hear your voice, redeem this earthly frame, and bid me to rejoice with those who love your name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. This is the word of the Lord. Specks and planks make excellent straw men for a world opposed to everything that you are. Tolerance is the new God of this age. Its spirit has been breathed into at least one entire generation of the public, creating not living beings, as does the breath of God, but dead men walking, mindless zombies, drones, 
unable to think for themselves as they suck from the teat of tolerance and guzzle its spirit to their demise. For the disciples of tolerance, you, your Lord, and your church are an abomination because you are non-permissive, because you are moral absolutists, because you believe truth is truth and that it is objective and immovable, governed not by man's whims, but by the God who is the very person of truth. And so he is. Jesus Christ, your Lord, is truth. This is not the same as saying merely that Jesus speaks truly. He does, but it says little of Jesus' person. Instead, it means that Jesus is the person of truth itself. Jesus is the objective. Jesus is the absolute. He is the norma normans, the rule that rules against which all other truths are weighed, judged, and found wanting. Pontius Pilate answers his own question without realizing it. What is truth, he asks, only to answer later, Ece homo, behold the man. The God tolerance demands that you love the sinner and hate the sin. That is, in fact, what the one true God demands as well. Yet what tolerance means by that is love the sinner by acknowledging, permitting, and affirming the sin, even if you disagree with it, because your truth is not their truth. God would have you love the sinner as he loves the sinner, But what does he desire of the sinner in his love? That the sinner would turn from his wicked ways and live. That the sinner would repent and forsake all manner of evil. That the sinner's eyes would be opened to see and to know the difference between good and evil and to strive after what is good. This is the evil of the God-tolerance that he and his disciples would seek to eliminate the absolute and the objective truth that is Christ and replace it with the subjective and relative and independent truths of each individual person. Who then is God? And what indeed is truth? Two plus two can equal five now. And if you think that it cannot, you deny someone else's truth. Now a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. And if you do not believe this biological and spiritual contradiction, you are an enemy to tolerance because you are not affirming the independent truths of others. Men can marry men and women can marry women. If you object to such an unnatural union, you are bigoted and hateful for your intolerance. A child can now be an animal and must be provided 
with animal-specific items in the classroom. To say that a child is a child and not an animal makes you anathema to the church of tolerance. The state will decide what Christians should believe and do. And if you do not agree, you are not only intolerant, but also unloving and an insurrectionist. Why this pushback? Because of the straw man. Jesus said, do not judge, so keep your planks off my specks. But what does Jesus mean when he says, judge not and you shall not be judged? Why do you let the world push you around with its interpretation of Jesus' words? Why do you not simply ask Jesus what he means? Ask and you will receive. Ask what he means and he will tell you this. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Do you believe with the cult of tolerance that Jesus means you should not judge deeds, that you should disregard the Ten Commandments, that you should not morally discriminate a just war from an unjust war or a hero from a bully? Jesus cannot possibly mean that. He himself did none of this. He himself tells you to judge with righteous judgment that is, judgment that is rooted in the person of truth against sin. He comes not to bring peace, but a sword. He does not sit and chuckle with those who defile his father's house. He throws them out with violence. He does not tolerate sin. He destroys it. He loves the sinner by condemning sin, and by leading the sinner away from that sin which he hates, not by affirming it. He cannot both love and affirm, and neither can you. While Jesus was kind to sinners and those who went astray, he did not respect their false ideas, however sincere they may have appeared. He loved them all, but he instructed them, in order to convert them and to save them. So what does Jesus truly mean then by this command not to judge? He means that you are not to claim to judge motives or hearts, those things which only God sees and knows. However, with righteous judgment, you are to judge the things that you can see. You are to judge deeds. You are to judge behavior. You are to judge words. You are to judge sin. And you are, according to the objective truth of the eternal God, to judge and to condemn anything that goes against this truth. Jesus asserts that loving your neighbor means turning the other cheek to whoever assaults you and with whatever assaults are brought against you. He says to turn the other cheek, but he never says to turn away. 
He never says to avert your gaze. He never says you should stop speaking out against injustice, stop speaking for the voiceless, stop condemning sin as sin is seen and known. He says to turn the other cheek while you continue to do what you are doing. Turn the other cheek to accept a fist while your tongue is still speaking out against what you know is wrong. And you know what is wrong because God is truth and truth is made known to you in the word that is the revelation of God to man who has become flesh, who has died and who has risen. C.S. Lewis writes that the tolerant society who succumbs to my truth and your truth, but who does not submit to the truth, will be damned. He is right. And you should not take his words lightly. Standing for truth means that you also stand against all untruth. And you cannot stand against it with closed mouths and niceties. Indeed, hell is not populated mainly by passionate rebels, but by nice, bland, indifferent, respectable people who simply never gave a damn. Those who did not judge. Those who never asked and never told. Those who confessed that unholiness was none of their business. Those who kept to themselves those who considered the faith to be a personal and a private matter. Our culture has filled your heads, but emptied our hearts. It has stuffed our wallets, but starved our wonder. It has fed our thirst for facts, but not for meaning or for mystery. It produces nice people, but not heroes. But Jesus is not nice. He is good, but he is not nice. Aslan is not a tame lion. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? Someone must have eyes to see. Someone must lead the blind and tell them when the ditch approaches. Perhaps those who cry out against running into the ditch will be hated for it. Perhaps the independent truths of the tolerant blind is that there is no ditch. So what? Turn the other cheek, receive your beating, and keep shouting. You are the ones to see in a world of tolerance's blind disciples. Jesus judged. You must judge too. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So be like Jesus. And speak out, even if you are hated, arrested, attacked or, God forbid, killed. The world needs heroes, not nice guys. Jesus is a hero, and you disciples must be like your master, 
You must be like the judge Gideon who tore down the altars of the false gods. You must be like the prophet Elijah who called down fire from heaven to consume the prophets of Baal. You must be like the priest Phinehas who was filled with zeal for the house of the Lord and scattered those who desecrated it. The Lord judges. The heroes that you must imitate judged. You, too, must judge with righteous judgment. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit of God to remain with his Church to defend and protect her from adversity, to preserve her from heresy and schism, and to be the breath of divine bellows that stokes the fire of faith and pure confession, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the Holy Catholic Church, they would inhabit a city of God apart from the world, for steadfastness and boldness in word and deed, for hearts of martyrs, that all Christians would remain faithful amidst every assault of the world, even unto death. And for all who bear the holy orders of the ministry, let us pray to the Lord. For this country and all within her who serve to govern and to rule, for those who strive to preserve and uphold law and good order, for those who defend this country and her people, for kindness and compassion among the peoples, for peace and prosperity, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife. For an end to violence, war, bloodshed, sedition, and rebellion. For the work of God to chasten and to heal. For the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate. For the destruction of the proud and the upright and blessing to the meek, and for eyes to see and hearts to receive the love of God, let us pray to the Lord. For all enemies and persecutors of the faith, for mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, and for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, raise up the brokenhearted, and dispel the poisons of resentment, hatred, and scorn among the people of God, let us pray to the Lord. For all left behind in the wake of tragedy, for all who suffer ailments of body, mind, and soul, for all who mourn, especially the people of Chicago, the people of Japan, and the, people, and the family of Tanner, for an increase of faith in times of woe, for strength to bear our crosses and continue to follow Christ, for increased opportunities for fasting, repentance, and prayer, and for the peace, not of knowing why we suffer, but of knowing that the Lord works all things for good, even and especially when we cannot understand his will. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ as the Spirit so delivers, for the preservation of the body against all trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, 
or any other adversity. For our brethren, Sherry, Pam, Shelley, Doug, Shirley, Sean, Judy, Pam, Sherry, and Nancy, and in thanksgiving for all new life and bodily preservation in the new hope of our Lord's return, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty Father, everlasting God and Lord, we sing with tongues of angels that you are holy. Though we cannot now comprehend you, grant us to know you. Though we cannot now see you, grant us to see your work. Though we cannot now gaze into the depths of your mind and will, grant us to gaze into the depths of your love. For you have given us your only begotten Son and his Holy Spirit, that through them we would be united to you even as we are pilgrims in this life. Joined to Christ, let us be branches of one vine, united in the spirit of peace, love, joy, and compassion, and bearing these fruits as a living body, held together by the bonds of Christ's own flesh and blood. Just as this bread is gathered together from countless scattered grains and the wine from many grapes, so may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom by this same Jesus Christ our Lord, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 